This is Weekly Signals Interviews, broadcasting every Tuesday morning, 8 to 9, Pacific Time on KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new book, Delete, The Virtue of Forgetting in the Digital Age, our guest today, Victor Meyer Schoenberger, looks at the phenomena of perfect remembering in the digital age and why we must reintroduce our capacity to forget. After 10 years on the faculty of Harvard University's John F. Kennedy School of Government, Meyer Schoenberger is director of the Information and Innovation Policy Research Center at the National University of Singapore's Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy. He's also the co-editor of Governance and Information Technology. Victor Meyer Schoenberger, welcome to Weekly Signals. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Now, uh, how are you today? Are you up in Washington State? I am. I am up in Seattle. Uh, is this part of a uh, book tour you're on right now? This is part of the book tour, and I'm going to speak at Microsoft Research a little later. All right. Well, what are you going to speak to them about, the, uh, specific, specifically this book, or is there a segment of the book you're going to address? No, I'm going to uh, talk about the book and about the importance of uh, embedding digital forgetting uh, into our digital lives. Um, how do you think you'll be received there? Um, I don't know yet, but <laughs> I am the eternal optimist and think they'll love it. They'll, they'll like forgetting? They'll like to, uh, to implant some forgetting genes into their computers? Uh, they like to produce uh, products that uh, people in the market space out there prefer and like. Okay. And I believe that uh, as more and more people wake up to the challenges of digital memory, they will opt towards services of digital forgetting, and that creates a market. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. What, when you say digital forgetting, what exactly are you talking about? Uh, what I'm talking about is the fact that in the analog world, uh, when we had uh, human brains and analog external memory, um, the default for us humans uh, has been forever to uh, forget, and remembering was the exception. Remembering was hard and costly and uh, took some time and some effort. Um, even if we had analog um, tools to help us remember um, as we could think, write things down or paint stuff or uh, tape stuff, uh, it would still take a little bit of an effort. Uh, in the digital world, that effort has been reduced dramatically. Storage costs and retrieval costs have come way down so that remembering now has become the default. That is, committing something to digital memory has become the default. And forgetting has become the exception. So the the balance has become reversed that we humans uh, have been living with for millennia. Now, now the subtitle of your book uh, is The Virtue of Forgetting in the Digital, digital Age. Uh, how do you mean that it's a virtue? Shouldn't it be a good thing that we're remembering all this information? Well, there is a good side to remembering information, but there's also a dark side, a downside that we often forget about. Um, if others have a lot of information about us and can keep that information in storage and accessible for a very long period of time, they know more about us than we ourselves might be able to remember. Uh, and information privacy experts have long said that this creates a power imbalance between those that have information about us, whether it be commercial entities uh, or the government uh, and ourselves. Uh, and uh, 
digital memory, uh, the digital storage capacity and retrieval capabilities that we have is only exacerbating that. Um, it might create uh, a situation in which we deliberately do not share information with others because we fear that that information might be kept in storage and might be held against us in the distant future. That's not a world which I'd like to live in. Yeah. Uh, there's another challenge that I think digital memory brings about, and that is the challenge of time. We humans really have difficulties dealing with two events in the past and evaluating them based on their uh, importance to, to our current situation if we remember one of them. Because once we remember an event in the past, it's really fresh in our memory again, especially when we look at a photograph or look at an email that retrieves, helps us retrieve that memory. And so we can easily get confused with that external stimulus uh, uh, and the memory coming back into our minds and what the relevance is. Let me give you a very quick example. Oh, um, if you, um, if you want to write uh, uh, an email to a person, you want to find out the, the, the person's email address by going through your mailbox, um, and you suddenly come across an email exchange, let's say, eight years ago, um, a very angry email exchange <laughs> between that person and yourself. Um, uh, if you glance through the emails, that uh, event, that very nasty uh, experience eight years ago might come back into your mind um, with a certain freshness. And suddenly you might actually uh, not like to email that person anymore because uh, that event from eight years ago has suddenly clouded your, your process, your decision-making process. Um, and uh, the way by which we have dealt with that situation in the analog world was that we just had forgotten that fight eight years ago. But as our digital tools don't forget and confront us with our uh, past and with the past experiences, uh, they might cloud our ability to decide in the present. Mm -hmm. We're speaking with Victor Meyer Schoenberger. The book is Delete, The Virtue of Forgetting in the Digital Age. I just have, I have a question for you, or uh, in your experience uh, in uh, covering this, this uh, topic. Um, it seems to me that as we, as human beings, try to absorb all of the information that's now available to us as we sit in front of our computer hour after hour, going surfing the Internet, looking at information, reading things online, that our ability to even remember just our capacity, uh, our, our brain capacity is being taxed, that we're approaching kind of an overload of information just generally as we go through our lives today. And is that impacting our ability to remember on the other side of this equation? In other words, we're just getting so much information that it's just almost impossible to remember all of the things that we've been exposed to. Well, that's part, that's part of the problem. There is a, an even darker side to the issue that you just described. If, in fact, we use digital memory more and more as a substitute for our own brain's capability, uh, then uh, the digital memory that we use um, uh, it, it becomes kind of a surrogate brain or a surrogate memory uh, of sorts. Um, and we have no way by which we can ensure authenticity of that digital memory. So if we go out and Google something to, to help us remember something, uh, the information that we retrieve, we 
take at face value. Uh, and that means whoever controls digital memory, whether it's Google or whether it's anybody else, actually also controls to an extent um, our ability to remember and our ability to remember our own history. So is that is a valid concern on my part that essentially I am, I've, I'm approaching kind of a, a, I don't know, are people approaching a point where they're just getting so much information and being able to filter it in a way so that we do remember the things that are important and do not remember or don't need to remember the things that aren't. Uh, our brains aren't that, aren't that uh, um, elastic. Sh- no, not even elastic. We're not that smart. I remember things that I shouldn't remember. I mean, I remember <laughs> the. I remember things that happened to me in fourth grade that are irrelevant to my life today. But I don't remember things about my credit history that I should remember. I should know. You, you know what I'm saying? Our, yes. our brains don't have that. We don't have that sort of digital computer digital capability to edit out what we don't need and what we do need. Uh, well, actually, you do. Um, you, you're just sometimes frustrated with the um, impreciseness of your you own mind. Yeah. Uh, but for the most time, your filtering system in your mind works pretty well. Okay. Um, in fact, we constantly reconstruct our memory based on our current preferences and values so that our memories are aligned with what we believe um, today. And, and that's incredibly helpful. That has helped humans survive and uh, make sense of our past, generalize, abstract, uh, evolve, change. Uh, These are all incredibly important functions, uh, as well as uh, forgetting has helped us to unlearn and therefore to make space for relearning. We're speaking with Victor Meyer Schoenberger, and and we're talking about uh, being able to forget. Now, I have a concern. (laughs) You are. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, that's true. Well, the virtue of forgetting. The, we'll call the the book is delete the virtue of forgetting in the digital age. Um, my concern in this in in this discussion has to do with government. Yeah. And you you I know that you have written about uh, the electronic government, information government, and and all that. I I might embrace this. As a, as, a, as a way of sort of uh, the idea of forgetting uh, in the digital age. But will government ever forget? How do you convince the people in power? You just described Google as sort of a, a, a potentially an arbiter of what we know as fact. And government is ov- obviously another player in, in, that, in, that, uh, in that thing. Uh, how, do you, how do you convince them to ever forget anything that we've ever done? Well, I, what I want to do is not to convince them to press the big delete button, but press the small delete button. That is to selectively forget over time, Mm -hmm. not to forget everything at once. Um, But uh, I know that this is going to be an uphill battle. However, um, history tells us that if we store too much information, we make ourselves unbelievably vulnerable to an unforeseeable future. Mm Uh, and I, I am very concerned about that. There are terrible, horrific cases uh, from the Netherlands uh, of a citizen registry in the 1930s that they put together uh, to administer Social Security, a uh, perfectly benign uh, uh, situation. And then the Nazis came in, invaded the Netherlands, uh, took possession of the register, and uh, repurposed the information in the register to identify uh, Dutch Jews and then to uh, send them to concentration camps uh, so that proportionally more Dutch Jews were 
uh, killed uh, and slaughtered by the Nazis uh, than Jews in Germany, France, or Poland. Uh, that is the horrific lesson of an unforgiving uh, permanent memory, that we don't know what the information the government or others have about us is going to be used for in the future, in the distance future, uh, it may be. And so it might be better to remember less than more. Yeah, I, I remember, I was told this story by a, a German whose family grew up during that period of time, or he, his, they knew of, and the Germans at that time were instructed to construct a family tree. Yes. Going back, and, and uh, they were told that they had to go back several generations, and that afforded the, the Nazis the ability to be able to double-check on people in terms of their family heritage and to, to essentially know who the, the Jewish families were and who, and who they weren't. And you were responsible for doing that yourself. And uh, yes. by the way, that was also the begin- very beginning of the digital age in many ways. I know that I don't want to single out IBM, but that was when really IBM and a lot of these co- companies who made their, made their, their, uh, their bones basically uh, as, a, as a digital information uh, outlet was uh, was during that period of time as well. So you have some history here that that is foreboding, if you will, in all of this. Yes, yes. And then the, the, there's this important uh, uh, effect of um, uh, giving, um, by deleting or by forgetting, uh, giving people a chance to have a, uh, a second go, a second chance in their lives. Um, particularly in the United States, that has been part and parcel of this country's DNA. Uh, uh, very much unlike Europe, where if you were born in the wrong class or the wrong religion, um, you were locked into an inferior position for the rest of your lives. Um, it's very, it was very different in uh, the United States. That was the idea of the founding fathers in 1776, and it seems to me that we have reared off track a little bit here uh, by uh, creating huge digital repositories of information that are unforgetting. Now, now there are uh, some sites online and some programs being made that will uh, afford you the ability to forget your digital information right now. And I know there was uh, one, is it drop.io? Yeah. website? Yes, that actually uh, after a certain period of time you can assign dates to forget uh, or you can uh, at least be questioned as to how the, re- the relevance of the information you put up on that site is. Are, are these uh, sites and is this uh, type of programming uh, catching on? Uh, it, it must be because uh, at least some companies apparently see enough of a market out there uh, to offer uh, these services. Uh, Drop.io is a a wonderful way of uh, implementing expiration dates. Ask.com, the search engine, has a button now that uh, when you uh, click it, uh, eliminates the search query history of a person. Um, That's another way of implementing forgetting, digital forgetting and expiration dates um, into the tools that we use every day. But even Microsoft, Yahoo, and Google uh, have over the last year and a half reduced the the time span uh, for uh, keeping search query history uh, available in a personalized manner uh, on their systems from forever. And can you believe it? Google, uh, for 10 years, uh, kept every single search query it received, and it receives about a billion a day, mm-hmm. and every search result somebody clicked on and linked it or tried as much as it could, link it 
to individual people. Um, so Google has done that for 10 years and then uh, fortunately through market pressure and regulatory pressure they decided to reduce that first to 24 months and then uh, in uh, incremental steps now down to nine months. That's a good start and that I think is heartening, heartening development. Now who was, who's the regulatory agency that uh, prevailed upon them uh, for that? There was no direct regulatory threat, uh, but uh, the European uh, Union uh, uh, was investigating Google's practices, uh, and that was apparently sufficient com- uh, in combination with uh, the competitive uh, pressure by Microsoft and Ask.com, two other search engines, um, who had um, released uh, publicly their uh, retention policies and said, we are not keeping data as long as Google does um, to uh, force Google to fall in line. And that is an indication and a strong indication to me that there is some market pressure building up out there uh, in favor of forgetting digital information, of deleting digital information. Otherwise, these perfectly commercial profit-oriented companies wouldn't go down that route. Yeah. Now, do, you, do you think it is the market pressure that's going to prevail, or do you think that governments will have to step in at a certain time? If, if, does that make sense at all, to have governments step in to, to bring about forgetting in, in digital information? You know, that depends in which society we're talking about. Uh, European societies might want to have more government regulation. Uh, in the U.S., we might have uh, more uh, market pressure. Um, but the most important element of the story here is that the consumers out there who are the market participants who can create the pressure actually know about the challenges of digital remembering. And once they do, I think they will decide to act accordingly. We're speaking with uh, Victor Meyer Schoenberger, and uh, the book is Delete, The Virtue of Forgetting in the Digital Age. I just keep coming back to this, sort of this idea of government because it, it, the, the, the dynamic now is they know a lot about us, and with the increasing, um, uh, uh, the increasing increasingly paranoia? no well paranoia no they increasingly invoke this idea of state secrets on everything uh and we've seen that in the last 8 years 9 years now in our own government where the they have really broadened the the state secrets acts and all of those kinds of things can you see us going in another in in the other direction going in really in in uh invading on government to open up and be more forthcoming about what they know about us and what they are willing to forget uh, in terms of what they know about us. Is there? I, I, I asked you earlier, but what is there? Some dynamic? Is there some groundswell of support? Do you see it, it within the within the digital community for that to happen? Oh, absolutely! Wherever I go, whenever I talk about digital rem- memory and digital forgetting and the need to implement that, um, people get it. Uh, people immediately sign on and say, yeah, that's a really good idea, given the, the uh, tremendous amounts of information that governments and large commercial entities like Google have about us. Um, so I, I think there is a, a groundswell in a number of countries. Um, there have been um, initiatives on the state and federal level. Um, there have been um, small citizen movements started. I was completely uh, surprised and and heartened by the fact that in Argentina there is now a digital forgetting movement uh, that is making its rounds. So that's all, that's all good. Uh, but it's going to be an uphill uh, struggle, and we need to do two things. We need to understand how much information 
government is collecting about us. But then that's not sufficient. Uh, we also need to ensure that uh, government is erasing, is deleting that information as it becomes irrelevant over time. Right. Very good. Now, are you going to be speaking uh, about that specifically with uh, Microsoft today? Or Yes. Oh, very good. So there's the, you will be doing uh, at least talking about the government's responsibility in this as well as theirs. The, the government's responsibilities, Microsoft's responsibilities, and Microsoft's interest, I think, in understanding and uh, adjusting their products to a, a change in, in the market space. Excellent. Well, well, good luck to you on that talk today. We've been speaking with Victor Meyer Schoenberger. The book is Delete, The Virtue of Forgetting in the Digital Age. Victor Meyer Schoenberger, thank you for being on Weekly Signals. Thank you very much for having me. To learn more about Weekly Signals interviews, including upcoming guests, or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And this is Weekly Signals.